Hello and welcome to Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast. Matt, you can't explain that. I can not too. You can't explain that. I can't, but I do hate God. We're going to talk about fallacies uh, on this episode, but first, Matt, let's do Chuck's Medical Corner. Yay, Chuck's Medical Corner. We haven't done that in a while. Yes, I'm it was so it was so popular. Uh, we abandoned it. I'm sure you have something um, quite comfortable to discuss. Yes, the headline is shocking: X-ray doctors remove fork from penis of 70 year old Australian man. <laughs> I just I just spit my drink out because no one uh, except uh, a 70 year old Australian man would ever stick a fork in his penis. What in the hell is going on with you, Australia? That is seriously wrong. I, I gotta give him at least. Some props for inserting it the correct way, not Tynes first. <laughs> it's Tynes out, everybody. Remember that. Doctors in Canberra have removed a 10-centimeter fork from the penis of a 70-year-old man who inserted it into his urethra in an attempt to achieve sexual gratification. Oh, thanks. I wasn't quite <laughs> sure. I thought maybe he just stumbled and fell on his fork. I Don't you fall on things all the time? It goes right up your urethra? All the time. All the time. Uh, apparently three separate doctors wrote this up as an article. <laughs> How did they get it out, though? How do you uh, get a fork out? Medics finally removed the item. They had to put him under general anesthesia uh, <laughs> using forceps and, quote, copious lubrication. <laughs> <laughs> General's the, is the, the sleepy time one, right? Yeah, you got to intubate the patient and they're knock him out. Yeah, I want to be out. Uh, in the document, medics remark that it was rare to see objects lodged in the lower urinary tract. Yeah, I, I would hope so. They wrote of the case, <laughs> quote, given the great management challenge faced by the oddity and infrequency with which a fork is encountered in the penile urethra. <laughs> 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 oh, those assholes in Australia. I see that shit all the time. Oh, my God. So for you, it's it's... It's not an oddity. It's or called just another day at the clinic. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I. I can't believe how they got it out. I just want to know how he got it in. <laughs> if if you can find this article and see, there's an X-ray picture. There's an I'll, X-ray picture. I'll link it. I'll link it uh, in the announcement. Let's link it. Uh, I love this quote: "Autoerotic stimulation with the aid of self-inserted urethral foreign bodies." has been existent since time immemorial and have presented an unusual but known presentation to urologists. <laughs> unusual but known. <laughs> oh, best explanation for sticking a fork up your penis ever. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they've ever found other things up penises besides forks. Well, according to the Canberra Times, and this is Australia, I have to remind you, what is that, some sort of newspaper or something? Report lists other objects found in parts of other bodies, including wire, Allen uh-huh. keys, oh, yeah. toothbrushes, for sure. light bulbs, thermometers, okay. what? plants, vegetables, what? leeches, snakes, no. and glue. <laughs> glue? Glue. I was, I, okay, toothbrushes? Sure. Sna- snakes? <laughs> I get not? it. Why not? Glue? 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 I don't... I, do you sniff it after that? I don't know what... The newspaper also notes that the report says many patients try to remove items that become stuck because of embarrassment, but their own attempts to extract <laughs> objects often result in further injuries. So if you uh, end up shoving a fork up your dick, don't try to remove it. Let yeah. professionals handle that. Don't use glue. It's like that... <laughs> Like that song, you swallow a fly, then you swallow a spider. And You're trying to get cat. the glue to glue the fork, get it out. It's not good. Oh, yeah. So you get the fork up there, then you try some wire with an Allen key. <laughs> Toothbrush. Toothbrush. A light bulb. A light bulb? Okay. Then you not a send a snake up after the light bulb. And then finally you just glue the tip of your penis over because... <laughs> <laughs> You're done. Fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we get to this week's Stinky Vaginas? Yes, let's get to this week's Skunk Dicks, Tyler's Uncircumcised Penis Stinky Vagina Bastard. The first Schmegma of the Week candidate 
Uh, Utah officials deny that marriage inequality discriminates against same-sex couples, Matt. Utah Governor Gary Herbert and Attorney General John Swallow have responded to a suit challenging the state's constitutional ban on same-sex marriage by denying that it even discriminates against the gay community. So they're saying they don't discriminate against same-sex couples. They do not. And here's their justification for that, according to the court document. Utah law prevents neither homosexuals nor lesbians from marrying. Homosexuals and lesbians may marry in Utah. But they, they face, may. They this face the great. same restriction heterosexuals do. They may not marry a person of the same sex. <laughs> oh. oh, that's not discrimination. You see, that's that's they can not, marry. They can marry each other. They can marry a lesbian. Can marry a gay man. But they face the exact same restriction heterosexuals do. Heterosexuals are also restricted in that they cannot marry a person of the same sex. Equal protection under the law. <laughs> That's no discrimination whatsoever. Oh, boy. I uh, love that you. That lawsuit is dismissed because uh, clearly, clearly there's no basis. No. Stay classy, though, Utah. Stay classy. What do you got? I got everybody's favorite punching bag, Pat Robertson's. Oh, my God. How much longer are we going to have him to punch around? I don't know, but... Yeah, why doesn't he die yet? I mean, God. God doesn't want him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he's living this long, yeah, that's a sign from God that you need to stay away. Stay alive, um, Pat. What do you got? What What did he say now? He claims that gays deliberately spread AIDS. What he says is, is he says, you know what they do in San Francisco? See, Chuck, San Francisco? That's where all the gays are. They all congregate. There's no you know gays there. outside Some, of San Francisco. I'm going to do my Pat Robertson impression. Some in the gay community. I can't do it. Some in the gay community there. Some in the gay community. <laughs> they want to get people. So if they got the stuff. Okay. He says they want to get people, meaning he, they want to give them AIDS. So if they got the stuff, meaning AIDS, they have a ring. <laughs> you have to have a little Pat Robertson they, ongoing translation at the bottom the stuff, of this. They have a ring. You shake hands, and the ring's got a little thing where you cut your finger. Really, it's that kind of vicious stuff, which would be the equivalent of murder. Murder? murder? So hang on, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so gay people in San Francisco run around with rings that uh, cut other people. But how does that pass AIDS? Do they go around with open wounds all the time on their hands? They spit on it first or something. Or they, they <laughs> doesn't get past their saliva. They ejaculate So you have it. to cut yourself in the hand. <laughs> oh, they ejaculate in their hand, and then they go around shaking hands with razor blade rings. There okay. you go. There you go. They, they got to cut the person's hand so that, you it know, makes it'll, it'll perfect pass sense. The, the semen. Oh, Pat Roberts. Oh, who's my the, God. Who's going to win? So... Uh, <laughs> That was so offensive. That oh, that's right. <laughs> Even his own network. <laughs> he was offended. Fucking like Trinity Broadcasting Network or something. <laughs> Christian Broadcasting Network is what it is. They edited it so that it didn't show on rebroadcast. Oh, oh. God. Pat Robertson. Love, Gotta love the guy. Love it. Who's the winner? Love it. Pat Robertson or Radio Well. Oh, I mean, Pat Robertson or fuck. <laughs> Who was the other one? Utah. Pat Robertson or Utah. Uh, What's your vote? I got to go with Pat Robertson. That's too That's too awesome to not be the winner. Matt, I'm going with the You're entire going with state Utah. Of Utah. The entire I think we're just state picking the Utah. ones we picked. <laughs> so the tiebreaker will have to uh, be decided by the computer. Let's feed that oh, in. Oh, is the computer working again? I got it up and running. Sweet. It's uh, it Linux, so it didn't cost me very much. Feed the hamster. Matt, the skunk dick schmegma of the week is actually... <laughs> Kenneth Copeland's uh, church. So he's uh, apparently a disciple of Oral Roberts. Oh. Kenneth Copeland. So they had a, a widespread a measles outbreak in, in Texas. And uh, we got some... Awesome, fantastic quotes from this congregation. Remember, this is a, a faith-healing megachurch, the Eagle Mountain International Church. At our Wednesday service, we prayed together. We spoke to that spirit of measles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, measles! <laughs> Why for art thou measles? 
Apparently, there's an evil measles demon going and spreading this shit around. (laughs) We spoke to that spirit of measles, commanded it to leave, and Thursday morning they said it stopped. No more cases, no more cases. I give God praise for that. So all they had to do is fucking pray. Praise Jesus. Well, they had to command it to leave. Oh, that's right. They had to command the spirit of measles to leave. They'd say, get out, get thee gone, measles. So uh, George Pearson's... Uh, says that they commanded the spirit of measles to leave. Um, he says that uh, you can be cured of almost any ailment by a ritual recitation of God's word. Uh, in Sunday's sermon, he claimed that people could take authority over their bodies by using words of dominion, saying that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Ooh. Well, I like that. You know what else is in the power of the tongue? <laughs> kind of linked the spirit, it. <laughs> the spirit of measles? Oh, no. Um, and then Terry Copeland Pearson's on May 11th. So uh, she posted this uh, um, on her Facebook page. was a quote from her father. You have a family doctor. His name is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Apparently, Jesus isn't uh, accepting Texas health insurance. I no. wonder if it's easy to get an uh, appointment with him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could be waiting a long, long time. His words are medicine to all your flesh. All of it, Chuck. Plus, he'll probably just send you off to a specialist anyway. That's right. Oh. Skunk dick, schmegma, circumcised, whatever the fuck of the week, Kenneth Copeland's Faith Healing Megachurch. Woo! Congratulations. All right, Matt, let's move on to the actual podcast, which is on fallacies. What? What's a fallacy? Fallacies. This is, um... Penises. One of my my favorite topics. I love fallacies. I fucking love fallacies, Matt. Love them. I know you do. I love like a nice juicy fallacy to chew on. A fallacy is defined as a defect in logic or reasoning, Matt. So it's it is a essentially a bad argument. Bad so argument. People people often think they win the argument by pointing out right that oh you just used a fallacy. That's a straw man. That's a fallacy. That's a non sequitur. <laughs> and uh, you know that's the, that's it. The argument's over. But, the, you know, pointing out a fallacy just means the argument is bad. It doesn't say anything about the conclusion. The conclusion may be true. It just means they can't use that particular argument to support their conclusion. Oh, quick aside about arguments. What's the difference? Between, there's a difference between a valid argument and a sound argument. That is correct. Am I correct? What, what is the difference? The valid means... A valid argument means that it is um, logically correct. So yeah, if you, your premises are true, your conclusion must necessarily follow. So if A, then B, A, therefore B, right? That's a valid argument. Ah. A sound argument means it's a valid argument whose premises are true. Okay. So you can trust wholeheartedly the conclusion of a sound argument. You may not trust a valid argument because the premises may be false. The premises are false. It doesn't matter how valid your argument is. It could be a false conclusion anyway. That's the one I get into with people. It's the old... uh... Well, if there is no God, then you can't have mor- morality, and they make a valid argument, but not a sound one. Well, I uh, tell them your argument is valid, but – and then I punch them in the face. And then he punch, I punch them in the fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> right in the fallacy. So, uh, yeah, just pointing out fallacies doesn't mean that the conclusion is wrong. So you got a little more work to do. I would recommend instead of naming the fallacy, which makes you look like a, a pretty much a dick – um, explain <laughs> explain why the reasoning is flawed, right? And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to list that's a bunch right. of fallacies. We're going to explain why those um, arguments are incorrect and cannot be relied upon. Uh, so knowing these allows you to help avoid them in your own thoughts and uh, in arguments and uh, helps you become a better critical thinker. Uh, you know, the subtitle of this podcast is, it's not just logical fallacies. It's it's how not to piss Chuck off in an argument. That's yes, exactly right. <laughs> no matter which side you're on. P.S. Fuck you, <laughs> assholes. All right, so let's go over some common fallacies. One of my favorites is the old ad hominem fallacy. Ad what That is Latin for to the man. So it is when a claim or argument is rejected on the basis of some irrelevant fact about the author of or the person who's claiming the argument. Right. So. Uh, so very, you say, but you're an asshole. For a very common example <laughs> is, don't listen to Eddie's arguments on education. He's an idiot. God, Eddie is an idiot, though. Eddie may well be an idiot, but that doesn't mean his argument isn't valid. 
So I can't just say he's an idiot. I have to explain why. What I typically do is call the person an idiot and then explain why they're an idiot. I do both. Oh, you do both. Okay. Well, that's helpful. So it's not – the ad hominem fallacy isn't simply it's, – it's kind of mis, – it's misused so commonly that maybe the definition is changing. It's not just calling person a name, right? Uh, right. It is saying that you uh, need to reject their arguments because you call them a name, right? Because they're an asshole. Therefore, I don't accept your argument. Eddie, fuck you. <laughs> uh, do you want to do the next fallacy or uh, – Sure. You want to take turns? Are we – and then we're doing the clips at the end? Yes. What we'll do is we'll go over a bunch of fallacies, and then we have some audio clips prepared. And, and thanks to Brian Ferris for doing a lot of the legwork on these uh, fallacy examples. Um, he sent this stuff over a year ago, Matt. That's how fast we are, how cutting edge. How a year was. ago? Yeah, I think it was July of 2012. Uh, uh, so thanks to Brian Ferris for doing that. So we'll do that in the form of a quiz so we can quiz him and see what these asshole – Irreligiosity listeners have learned, if anything. So our next fallacy is another Greek language fallacy, I believe. Ad populum. Or, or maybe Latin. That Could be Harry, Latin. I think it's Harry Potterum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so ad populum, yeah, that means uh, something popular. Right, when the um, <laughs> arguer takes advantage of the desire most people have to be liked, right? They want to, to, to fit in with other people. And so they try to – you hear this all the time with Christians – all the fucking time. It's, uh, well, 90% of people believe in God. So, must I? Therefore, <laughs> don't you want to be one of the cool people? Um, it's uh, a common type of this fallacy is the bandwagon fallacy. So, it's kind of the same thing. You're, you're appealing to the popularity. But the bandwagon is really specifically for something that's, like, new and uh, improved. So, so, I tried to find secular examples for all of these um, so they just don't pick on the poor Christians who commit a shit ton of these fallacies. Uh, so an example would be you should buy Taylor Swift's new album, right? Because it just went platinum. No, I'm going to – hold on, iTunes. Right, so the fallacy is just because a lot of people accept it or believe it or do something, right, has no bearing on the truth value of the claim. So the next one is uh, affirming the consequence. This is another one Christians do all the time. So generally this is a, a conditional – uh, statement. So it's an if-then statement. Um, and the then portion of that statement is found to be true. And so they flip it around and say, well, if, if that one is true, then of course the if portion must be true. So as an example, if she's Brazilian, she'd speak Portuguese. Well, she does speak Portuguese, so therefore she's Brazilian. Ah, but what about the Portuguese? So the <laughs> Do they not also speak? I have, I have uncovered the flaw. That's the flaw. Um, the flaw is that uh, in an if-then statement, there are many possible causes that could lead to that conclusion, right? So just because you have the conclusion as being true, you've instantiated the conclusion, doesn't mean that that single cause is true. A lot of other possibilities could be there, right? I mean, I think I right. talked about this on a previous podcast. If it's raining, uh, the sidewalk would be wet. The sidewalk is wet, therefore it's raining. There are lots of other possible causes. Somebody could have got drunk and peed all over it. Exactly. Exactly. It, it was be urine. It was me. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Next fallacy. Next fallacy. Appeal to consequences. Have you ever done this? The consequences of a belief have no bearing on whether the belief is true or whether it is false, Chuck. <laughs> For example, if you said Islam, it can't be true. It promotes terrorism. That. That's meaningless. It's a meaningless phrase. It doesn't. It doesn't help you uh, verify the the truth of whether Islam is is true or not, just because it has a consequence you don't like. Right. And again, I tried to find a secular example for this, but really, it's all about belief, so it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Example. So uh, Islam could be true. You know. The, yeah. The fact that it promotes terrorism. If it, if it does, say it does. Say it, Islam does promote terrorism. It has no meaning on whether it's true or not. It could potentially be true. Yeah, and keep your voice down because we don't want to get we don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, you know, uh, right. You, you know how yeah. Muslims are. Fucking jihaded against us. Uh, the next one's appeal to emotion. This one, um, extremely common fallacy. This is when someone tries to manipulate people's emotions in order to get them to accept a, a claim as being true. So this, uh, an example of this would be. 
I know the exam's graded on performance, but you should give me an A. My cat's been sick. My car broke down. I've had a cold. It was really hard for me to study. I actually had um, a professor of informal logic give this example. Uh, he said, you know, if you come to me <laughs> after he's <laughs> talked about all of these fallacies, right? If you come to me and say, you know, uh, God, I got a, a C on my exam, but, you know, I worked so hard for it. I didn't get a C. I tried so hard on this test. I studied so hard. I will fucking give you a D. <laughs> 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 because you've just committed the fallacy of appealing to emotion. On the other hand, if you say, I got a C, if you could give me, if you could see your way to give me a B minus because, you know, uh, I need a B minus to get my GPA up to get into graduate school, then maybe I'll give you a B minus. Ah. <laughs> but you can't give me a fucking fallacy as a reason to improve your grade in informal logic. That's kind of cool, actually. He's like, he'll reward you for... That's how uh, philosophy people think. For reasons, for, for well-reasoned reasoning. And then he would give me a D for saying well-reasoned reasoning. I didn't, I didn't last a week in Philosophy 101, just, just so you know. <laughs> What's our next fallacy? Our next fallacy is the appeal to ignorance. Uh, attempts to use an opponent's inability to disprove a conclusion as proof of the validity of the conclusion. For example, you can't prove I'm wrong, so I must therefore be right. Yes, again, again. How many times have you run into this when arguing with your street Christian? Right. You can't prove God doesn't exist. <laughs> right. So you say, listen, there's no proof that God exists. Well, you can't prove he doesn't. Ah. That is an appeal to ignorance. That's so um, also like same thing for Bigfoot, right? Right. <laughs> Jupacabra. You can't prove he doesn't exist. Oh, okay. So I guess I just accept that he does. You have to go to the uh, the burden of proof, I think, explanation for the appeal to ignorance when when arguing with them. Right? Correct. Explaining the – a lot of people don't understand the burden of proof. It's, it's, if they're using this argument, they don't understand what that sentence means. Right. The, um, the uh, burden of proof is the one who makes the claim. Right. Yeah, so you're going to find yourself in the position of having to say the burden of proof is on you and then also having to explain what that means probably. Then the Christians will go, well, you make the claim that God doesn't, doesn't exist. Exist. Prove that. <laughs> prove that. Jesus. No. I am not making that claim. Suppose you should say the burden. You're right. Wait, our, I claim, am. our claim is that there's no evidence of God, so you need to refute that, right? There's no good evidence. <clears throat> That's the claim. Um, but also, you know, the, the burden of proof is the one who's making a positive claim. Good luck approving a negative when you're talking about God. Yeah. All right. So our next fallacy, appeal to authority. This happens all the time, too. Uh, this is what happens when the person in question is not a legitimate authority on the subject. So if you uh, if you say, well, Stephen Hawking makes a claim on physics, that's not an appeal to authority because he's an expert in physics, right? I suppose it, it is technically an appeal to authority if you don't give his argument for it. If you just say, look, he's an authority in physics, and so you should just accept it without trotting out the argument. But the classic appeal to authority is appealing to uh, someone's authority outside of their area of expertise, right? So, look, famous actor Martin Sheen says we should get rid of the death penalty, so therefore... It's gone? We should get rid of it. I mean, if famous actor Martin Sheen is against the death penalty, well then, for God's sakes. You see, one of my favorite examples of this was... Uh, are you familiar with... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy this name. Michu Kaku. Do you know Michu Kaku? Um, was he a Japanese scientist? Yeah, he's he's a he's a physicist, and uh, he did he did like a little video. I think it was just like a kind of a question, you know. People they asked him questions, they put him on. It was on um, I don't know Big Think or something like that. Um, but basically, they asked him a question about evolution, <laughs> and he came up with this uh, with no, we've stopped mankind has stopped evolving. There's no there's no evolutionary pressures driving in gross human evolution, whatever that is. <laughs> But that's an example of, of questioning an authority, yeah, that, that is not a legitimate authority. Ask, right. ask Michio physics questions. Ask him yes. about quantum Don't ask him about biology. Quantum loop gravity or some shit like yeah. that. But, but uh, yeah, not, not outside of his area of expertise. And so, you know, what will happen is that a Christian will quote uh, that expert on yes. evolution. And, and, yeah, exactly. It's kind of a... Reverse appeal to authority. Yeah. All right. So uh, next fallacy. 
begging the question. Uh, that's a fallacy in which the premises include premises, 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 premises. <laughs> they include the claim that the conclusion is true, or directly or indirectly assume that the conclusion is true. Uh, for example, and and this is a true statement, Chuck. I believe that Frosted Flakes are great because it says so in the Frosted Flakes box. <laughs> well, if it says so in the Frosted Flakes box, then it's obviously true. It says it right there. It says they're great. Um, also, when the yeah. attorney is asking the question, when did you stop beating your wife? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the conclusion that he's beating his wife is included in the premise of the question. Oh. Yeah, so that's begging the question. So the you know you you uh, end up going around in circles. This is circular reasoning. Yeah, and a and a sub a subgroup of this fallacy. I guess it's not a fallacy, but it's just something that bugs the crap out of me. Is uh, jacking off? J A Q I G. Just asking questions. Did Glenn Beck kidnap and murder an eight year old boy? Did you, Glenn Beck? Just asking you. I'm just asking questions. Just asking questions. What's what's the harm in asking questions? I'm just asking questions. Oh boy. Uh, what's next? The fallacy of uh, composition I've included here, Matt, only because the uh, Kalam cosmological argument is a great example of the fallacy of composition. So this occurs when a conclusion is drawn uh, about a whole based upon the features of its uh, component parts. Right. So uh, there's no justification to provide the inference other than it's you know composed of those parts. So, for example, each human cell is very lightweight or microscopic. A human being is composed of cells, so a human being is also very lightweight and microscopic. Ah. The opposite of this is a fallacy of division, where <laughs> you you attribute uh, characteristics of the whole to each of its component parts. So it's the opposite of composition. Right? Ah, okay. Um, those are not common fallacies. But uh, they are instrumental. You got to know about the fallacy of composition if you argue with anyone who's arguing about the uh, is trying to advance the Kalam cosmological argument. All right, next fallacy. Next fallacy is the is the false dick, Chuck. Ah, uh, the false dick. <laughs> false this is a witchcraft dick. fallacy where they steal your so. dick and replace it with a false one. Uh huh. And also, it's the removable detachable penis fallacy. <laughs> no, the false dichotomy. I thought I'd be funny by making another penis joke. Are we tired of those yet? Or we're, we're still there doing that? There can never be too many penis jokes. <laughs> yeah, false dichotomy. So your arguer sets up the situation so it looks as if there are only two choices. Then they eliminate one of the choices. And so, therefore, we are left with only one option. The um, problem here is that there are many times really many different options, not just two. And um, if we thought about them all, we might not be so quick to pick the one that the arguer is trying to get you to pick. Uh, you hear this all the time. Um, it's either, you know, it's either Jesus or it's evolution. And, right. And I have disproved evolution. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> Jesus remains. I read that exactly in a book. Um, that is exactly true. Yeah. You hear it all the time. It's not just Hastings. Right. You hear it all the time. You either you only have two options. It's either special creation or evolution. And here's why evolution's wrong. So therefore, Jesus. Yep. Uh, secular examples include, you know, if you don't vote for this candidate, you must be a communist. So those are the only right. two choices. That's your only two choices. You either favor a strong national defense or you want America to be destroyed by North Korea. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, the genetic fallacy. Uh, this is an attempt to support or refute an argument based on its origin or genesis uh, instead of the argument itself. So Genesis? Example, the <laughs> <laughs> Name that movie. <laughs> now Matt is going to make a Star Trek 2 reference. Genesis is fallacy forbidden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Star Trek 3 reference. Holy shit. The greatest of the oh my God. odd-numbered <laughs> Star Trek. Disasters. <laughs> um, so an example, I'm not going to vote for the Chancellor's reforms because I heard he was a Nazi. He is so. a Nazi. If he was a Nazi, therefore, you know, his reforms must be evil. So you don't address the argument itself, but you address the uh, origin or genesis. Another example. That's kind of a good example. I don't, I don't know if I find that fallacious. <laughs> <laughs> Nazis can have good ideas. Nazis suck. <laughs> Everybody knows that. All right. Uh, moving on. 
Moving on. The next fallacy is no true. <laughs> Say it in my Sean Connery voice. No true Scotsman. No, that's that's horrible. Um, <laughs> the, the only real Connery uh, impression is the one that guy did on SNL when he talked about Trebek's wife or mother. <laughs> it's not what your mother said, Trebek. No true Scotsman. It is a kind of ad hoc rescue of one's generalization in which the reasoner recharacterizes the situation solely in order to escape refutation of the generalization. Did you understand any of that? Absolutely. It's, this one's better demonstrated, I think. It than, is. Uh, explained. So you, you can play the part of the first guy here. Okay. All Scotsmen are loyal and brave. Ach, but McDougal over there is a Scotsman. And he was arrested by his commanding officer for running from the enemy. Well, if that's right, it just shows that McDougal wasn't a true Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck him in the cunt. <laughs> no, it's okay. They say cunt uh, over there. It's... That is a true Scotsman. Right <laughs> true Scotsman. Oh, you hear it with Christians all the time, right? Hey, if Christians are so moral, what about this guy that, you know, cheated people out of money? Oh, well, he's not a real Christian. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He's not a true Christian. All right. Uh, slippery slope is another favorite one used by uh, Christians. And Republicans like this one, too, for some reason. It's a oh, fallacy God, yeah. where a person asserts that some event must inevitably follow from another and so on and so forth until you get this uh, ludicrously terrible event. <laughs> um, and it's, it's inevitable, right, from the, the one that you're talking about. So uh, an example, if the Supreme Court allows abortion, next thing you know, they'll allow euthanasia. And it won't be long before society disposes of all those persons who it deems unwanted or undesirable. Well, see, there you go. So oh, no abortion. Okay. No abortion. We cannot head down that slippery slope. Well, it's like if you allow gay marriage, Chuck, you know what the next thing is? Marrying your dog. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> How come it's always gay marriage to marrying an animal? To bestiality, <laughs> I don't know. Bestiality. Oh, that's a false dichotomy, maybe. <laughs> no, no, that's a false comparison, right? If you allow gay people to get married, then you, what's wrong with somebody marrying their dog or their moose? It's either traditional <laughs> marriage or bestiality. <laughs> bestiality. Nothing else. Oh, lordy. Uh, our next fallacy is special pleading. And that's – this is a fallacy in which a person – they apply standards or principles, rules, whatever, to others while taking herself or himself or those who has a special interest to be exempt without providing adequate justification for the exemption. For example, let's say uh, your wife gets a DUI. You know, and you used, if you'd asked – if anybody asked you before, you said, oh, no, all drunk drivers should go to prison, but not my wife. She's she's a good yeah, my person. Wife, she doesn't deserve to go to prison. Right? She's you. She's usually very careful. Right. She's In nice. all other cases, this mountain of evidence would lead to a murder conviction. But your honor, <laughs> I protest. In this one case, it's not true. Oh. Yeah. Special pleading is named that, and just uh, in honor of all the attorneys who do it. <laughs> <coughs> Your whole family. <clears throat> How did you? Man, Matt, straw man is one of my least favorite fallacies. I fucking hate this fallacy. It's your favorite. Come on. It is so overused. So this this happens when a person simply ignores uh, their opponent's actual position and they substitute a distorted, exaggerated, or misrepresented version of that position. And then they attack that, right? So they're not attacking right. the actual person. They're attacking a straw man of that person who is easy to beat up. I reject your reality and replace it with my own. Right. <laughs> so, uh, for example, Senator Jones does not want to fund the attack submarine policy. I totally disagree. I don't understand why he would want to leave us defenseless like that. That's exactly what he wants. So, right. So the straw man <laughs> is that, you know, he's not arguing for leaving United States defense. That's also a false dichotomy, I suppose, right? It's either or. Yeah. Um, so what, what pisses me off about the straw man is that people just say straw man. They're like, no, yeah, that's not my argument. That's just a straw man. And they don't say why. <laughs> don't just say straw don't man. just say straw man for fuck's sake. You have to explain why this is misrepresentation. I wish, I wish we could just strike out straw man entirely from the vocabulary and just explain why this person is so grievously misrepresenting your argument. 
Because that's the superiority part of the arguing process, Chuck. Yeah, right. Straw man. It's straw man. That is a straw man. That's just a straw man. You could say straw man. Just, just, just explain it. Don't say it. I will fuck <laughs> you in the esophagus. Ew. Ew. All right, straw man. Excellent. Our final fallacy. We're all clearing that. Two coke. That two coke. Hey, two coke. It's a. Uh, it's an old Italian saying. I got Italian. You. I think curse so. word. Uh, it's a type of ad hominem. You remember that from the Greek uh, or something? Jesus Christ. <laughs> or argument from hypocrisy. It's all the same Greek Latin. Uh, it's a type of uh, ad hominem. When it's concluded that a person's claim is false because it is inconsistent with something else a person has said or with what a person says is inconsistent with their actions. Now, I thought to Kokwe, isn't this mean um, to you? Is it? It means you too. You too. That's it. Uh, so, for example, my dad, he says, uh, he can't tell me not to do drugs when he smokes cigarettes and drinks alcohol. To Kokwe, dada. So it's a, <laughs> it's a charge of hypocrisy. But someone being right. a hypocrite doesn't affect the truth of the conclusion. That's right. You can smoke all day you want and tell people not to smoke because <laughs> it's no good. Republicans um, and Democrats do this all the time, too. They're like... Well, of course you found this guy fucking a, a prostitute. Uh, you Democrats did that too. <laughs> I think it was the great Bill O'Reilly that says, do not judge someone of a lesser evil just because a greater evil exists. That Bill O'Reilly is a wise, <laughs> wise man. I'm not sure what that has to do with this fallacy, but <laughs> I will let the audience decide. <laughs> All right. No, no, he said you can't excuse bad behavior just because worse behavior exists, which also has nothing to do with this. Excellent. Anyway, it's Bill O'Reilly. It's I'm amazing. glad you clarified that, man. He's an Thank amazing you. man. You should, I, if you haven't heard of this guy, he's got some books out. <laughs> um, I believe he's on the, um, the television. Are you, have, you, have you been into this? Television. Now, for the quiz portion of our show. Is that it? This this fallacy portion is fucking crashed and burned in flames. <laughs> oh my god! I apologize to everyone who had to sit through that shit. That was terrible. I apologize for nothing. This is some of my best work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what we're gonna do now is play some audio clips uh, from our favorite uh, fallacious Christians, uh, and then we are going to play guess that fallacy. And Matt. Yes. Guessing along with the audience because he has no knowledge of the, because uh, he didn't do any fucking work in the podcast. That's right. <laughs> That's All right. Are you ready to play clip number one? I'm ready. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. Anybody that believes they evolved from a rock 4.6 billion years ago, I would say is strongly deluded. You would have to have help to be that dumb. You could not do it on your own. You'd have to have years of training and conditioning to believe such a silly idea. That's from uh, Kent Hovind. <laughs> is that Kent Hovind? That is Kent fucking Hovind. I should know that since I have a degree in that. Kent F. Hovind. Well, there are actually two fallacies there, Matt. What are the two fallacies? Uh, well, straw man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the straw Correct. man, Chuck. <laughs> it's my favorite fallacy. He said we evolved from a rock. That is not... What evolution is. He is misrepresenting evolution. Right. To say that evolution uh, says that we evolved from a rock uh, is a straw man. If you want to go all the way back to abiogenesis, um, I think that's separate again from evolution. It may, you know, minerals, like I said, um, hydrothermal vents, uh, the uh, Krebs cycle, you got to go into all of that stuff in order for this not to be a straw man. Saying that we evolved from a rock really is a straw man argument. And then was the other part just a ad hominem? It was. Said so you have to be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of an idiot do you have to be? Whatever he said. All right. Let's go to the next clip. I want to look a little bit at the history of some of our, our great scientists and some of the big names that were well known and, and what sort of theological undergirding they had. Let, let's take Galileo first. And I choose him because he had a big conflict with the church. What was his worldview, Mark? 
Galileo, um, I think, actually had his conflict with the church because he was part of the church. Uh, he too bought into uh, many things which the church um, taught in the medieval period. Um, and so I think it's it's actually uh, makes more sense of the history to think of it as almost an internecine squabble. John, let's turn to mathematician Kepler, uh, who I think once said the chief aim of all investigations of the external world should be to discover the rational order which has been imposed on it by God. Let's move on to the founders of modern physics and the great name Isaac Newton, uh, who, who I think believe that the universe was held together by divine intervention, John. All right, Matt, what fallacy is that? Uh, Jesus, that was kind of a, I think that was the shotgun fallacy. That's <laughs> a crap. No, was that, um, was that just an a, a appeal to um, authority? Absolutely, appeal to authority. So they, <laughs> they use Galileo, Kepler, Newton. Uh, well, look, they were religious. <laughs> they believed in God. Yeah, well, uh, their expertise is in mathematics and physics, you see, right. not godology. But since they're famous, they can give us some credibility, so we'll just drop their names. I want to get a PhD in godology. I'm going to get that. That's it next. It wasn't automatic with the Hovindology? No, you, you get the degree in Hovindology, and then you also get um, a package of red vines. So <laughs> it's kind of nice, but you have to pay for them. Clip number four is our favorite Kent F. Hovind again. As we got off uh, the airplane, I noticed on their shirt it had in huge block letters, Choice Above All. So, being my mild-mannered self, I said, Excuse me, ma'am, what does this mean, Choice Above All? She said, A woman ought to have right to choose. I said, Choose what? She said, Choose to have an abortion. It's her body. I said, Well, yes, ma'am, if she wants to abort her body, I suppose that's fine. <laughs> but it looks to me like she wants to abort somebody else's body. When you consider half of them are male, think about it. It's not her body. Mm -hmm. I said, by the way, ma'am, I'm kind of curious about this. I have three kids. I delivered one of my kids at home. I used to raise hamsters. I taught biology and anatomy. I'm kind of familiar with this process. I said, why does the woman's right to choice stop at birth? Why don't we let the mother choose to kill it after it's born? be a lot safer and simpler. Hey, why don't we extend abortion rights up until the kid's two years old? I know a lot of mothers with a two-year-old that have thought about it a time or two. <laughs> I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I know you're out there. I got it. Let's extend abortion rights up until the kid is 18. I bet they'd behave a lot better. Son, one more time, and I'm going to abort you. <laughs> what, a, what a card that guy is. Ah, uh, Kent Hovind, my favorite Hovind. Oh, my God. Yep, yep, yep. I think I think we might have even mentioned this sort of. This is slippery slope. This is the slippery slope <laughs> fallacy. So, yeah, if you uh, abort uh, a fetus before you know the end of the second trimester, then eventually we'll be aborting eighteen-year-olds. I look forward to that day. What's the difference? Why Why do you draw the line at, at birth? Well, actually, Ken, we don't draw the line at birth. It's you know at the end, typically at the end of the second trimester. Right. But um, if you want to draw it at birth, you know. Uh, because the body's connected by an umbilical cord. How many umbilical cords do you know that are still hooked on to eighteen-year-olds, Kent? It's a, it's a, it's a. What do you call it when it's not real, but it's there? No. You have that thing we get older, and then you forget certain words that are amazingly common, and you're just like, uh. You mean Alzheimer's? Uh, do I have that? I think I have that. <laughs> Can you get that in your 40s? I hope not. Please, no. All right. This next clip is a wonderful demonstration of a very common fallacy. Are you ready? Ready. Everybody knows religion is a scam. The only news here... Everybody people, knows. People I, I don't know, it. Mr. Yes, Silverman. you do. No, I don't. You're i got to tell you You that. sit here and you're skeptical every day, and then you go to church and you get on your knees and you pray to an Correct. invisible man in the sky. Invisible man in the sky. And you think that's a scam? No, I don't. You, uh, you know what? I'll tell you why. A man that was you know, built by a man? I'll tell you why it's not a scam, in my opinion. Uh -huh. All right? Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never a miscommunication. You can't explain that. <laughs> tide goes in, tide goes out. You can't explain that. That is the definition of this fallacy. You can't explain that. Wait, what? It's the definition? Hold on. Let me think. You can't explain that. The appeal 
to ignorance. Yes, that is yes. the argument from ignorance. <laughs> you can't explain. Ty goes in, Ty goes, you can't explain that. Therefore, God exists. Done. Maybe Ooh, Dave Silverman can't explain how the moon influences the tides, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Bill O'Reilly meant. That His failure to explain is proof of God's <laughs> existence. I love it. You can't explain it. But, you know, someone then does explain the tides to Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> does that mean God does not exist? He knew. He knows. That's his thing. He just becomes this. That's his TV persona. He's That guy's crazy. Crazy genius, by the way. All right. Yeah, he's, he's crazy all the way to the bank. Exactly. <laughs> our next clip here is again from Kent F. Hovind. He's making quite a few appearances here, Matt, in our uh, fallacy audio clips. He the man. I believe evolution is a dangerous theory for seven, seven reasons. It's going to take us several hours to cover all this. The evolution theory removes all morality and all way to f- discover how to have morality. It's the foundation for humanism, racism, Nazism, communism, and the New World Order coming soon to a city near you. Atheism is the foundation for humanism. Oh, my God. Holy no, evolution. shit. Evolution. <laughs> evolution, yeah. And a bunch of other things. A bunch of other bad stuff. Terrible. Matt, I should have left the entire three-hour presentation in there. It's essentially one long demonstration of this fallacy. Oh, my. Could you imagine showing up to that? And he's like, I got seven points. It's going to take us several hours to go over it. And I would have gone, oh, God, really? I'm out. Like, <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. So he's saying that evolution is, uh, supports all these things. So that is the appeal to consequences. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. The appeal to adverse consequences. So evolution can't be true because it was a foundation for Nazism and the New World Order. Therefore, uh, animals don't evolve. Right. You see. New World Order. <laughs> Coming soon to a city near you. It's like Hovind actually lives in a Jack Chick tract. It's awesome. Like his whole <laughs> world is a fucking Jack Chick tract. All right. Uh, our next clip, I believe. This is uh, from a Christian radio podcast, and a Christian radio show. We were uh, going to name these Skunk Dicks of the Week, but uh, it was such a good example of the oh, fallacy. We moved right. them over here. Play it. And the Boy Scouts, of course, are going to lead the decline now, um, since the final decision came down that uh, the Boy Scouts, as a national organization, are going to invite homosexuals into the troops. Which is just a matter until they invite homosexuals, active homosexuals, to be leaders of the troops. Yeah. And pretty soon you're going to have the sodomy merit badge. Christians are fleeing like rats. Yeah. So after that, I guess it's incest. And after that, it's uh, the cannibal merit badge, where I guess you, you know, cut up human flesh, fry it there. But you have to cook it in a Dutch oven yeah. out in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what the Boy Scouts are doing. They're trying to add abomination on abomination, uh, and uh, effectively, you know, going into God's Word, trying to find the thing that God really, really, really hates the most the the, the sins listed in the Bible. Going through the list of sins in the Bible, finding the very worst ones, and then creating merit badges for them is where the Boy Scouts are headed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Are fleeing like the rats they are. I like the Dutch oven reference. <laughs> uh, that's kind of a double joke because there's also uh you know when you like pull the sheets over your your bedmate and you fart yes named <laughs> after uh his wife uh named this in the divorce and this is why it's called the dutch oven because he was dutch what that guy what's that guy's name <laughs> ernst borgnine ernst, ernst borgnine. borgnine yes i believe his uh his <laughs> wife cited the dutch oven technique in the divorce papers as one of the reasons for divorce he was dutch ovening her Yes. <laughs> that could be an urban legend. I don't know. All right. Well, maybe there's a couple fallacies here, but there's definitely a slippery slope fallacy yes. going on. Yes. Yeah. Cannibalism. That's a new one. So, sodomy merit badge. And then, of course, after the sodomy marriage badge, you got to have a cannibalism. And it, it, so, if you accept gays into the Boy Scouts, cannibalism. So, is this kind of a false uh, dichotomy, sort of, as well? I suppose kind of like you either you let gays yeah. in and and this will happen if you don't let gays in it they won't ha- I I don't know it's kind of a little bit maybe I guess that's a true dichotomy because there are, are only two choices there you <laughs> yeah, let them in true. or you don't <laughs> or you don't 
<laughs> the false consequences. Um. <laughs> All right. This one uh, is, again, a reappearance of Dr. Ken Hoven. Uh, hey. And actually, there are two fallacies here. One of them very, very tricky. So let's see if we can get uh, both fallacies. Oh, boy. The evolutionists have two ways to solve this. They can say, well, Hoven, you know, the trees stood upright for millions of years while the layers formed around them. Or the trees grew through hundreds of feet of solid rock looking for sunlight. Uh, there's a third way to look at it. You know, maybe they were all buried in a big flood. Mm -hmm. Mount St. Helens blew thousands of trees into Spirit Lake. Lots of those trees are stuck in the mud at the bottom of Spirit Lake. They're going to petrify in the standing position. That's it? Is that all he said? That's it. What do you think? It's hard to squeeze two fallacies into the, like 25 seconds, but he did it. Well, let's see if I, if I picked out the right ones. I, I went with ad hominem and false dichotomy. False dichotomy, absolutely. Did he get an ad hominem in there? Well, he started with the evolutionists. <laughs> and, I, and I only go with ad hominem in that because it's meant as a derisive term. <laughs> Yeah, um, actually, now that I think about it, God, a straw man, I suppose, too, because he's, he's uh, giving a false representation of what science actually believes. It doesn't believe yeah. either of those two choices. What, uh, were your original cho what were your original take? My uh, two fallacies uh, were the false dichotomy and affirming the consequent. So his, oh. uh, his, his logic goes like this. If there was a massive flood, you would see trees that were you know, vertical, and they would have multiple layers around them. Well, in fact, you do see these polystrate fossils where they have multiple layers they go through. Uh, so, therefore, the flood occurred. That's, that's the logic it, uh, all laid out for you. So, it's affirming the consequence. And the problem, again, is there are multiple causes to this. The one that he doesn't, he lists two ridiculous scientific explanations for it. Right. No scientists I know ever would, would march forth. But the, the truth is that what happens is these uh, fossils actually get um, earthquakes, and it jumbles, and uh, the fossils kind of come back down, and now they're in between different strata. Although, I think I would accept trees growing up through solid rock before I accept global flood. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of years through, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, let's move on to this next one. This is a good one. Uh so we'll start out with, you know, if you want, you know, the, the thing is, so often people say, well, Christianity is intolerant. I, there were two Christian guys in a bar in Alabama, and they beat up uh, uh, a homosexual guy or something like that. And it's like, that doesn't represent Christianity. You know, and if the guys are Christian, what are they doing in a bar in Alabama starting fights? I mean, it's just like. Ah, I know this one. <laughs> I'm not going to do the accent this time. Though. I'm going to rename this the no true Christian fallacy because I see it much yeah. more fucking often with Christians and Christianity. I love how he's like, you know, two Christians beating up a, um, a homosexual or something. <laughs> something. <laughs> but they're then not true Christians because they're drinking and in a bar and starting fights. So, Right. Wait, were they not true Christians because they were in a bar or because they were beating up a homosexual? No, true Christians beat up homosexuals. Oh, that's right. the bar that was the problem. The bar. Yeah, what are those guys doing in the bar? <laughs> I like these I like these folksy, toxy people. They're fun. My God. It's, my God, it's all unbelievable. All right, um, let's move on to the next one. Our final appearance of Kent Hovind. Oh, pretty sad. Yeah. This is our last one. All right, here we go. Charles Lyell, the lawyer, hated the Bible. Somebody calculated one time that if all the lawyers in the world were laid end to end around the equator, we would all be better off. <laughs> Charles Lyell, in 1830, wrote this book right here, Principles of Geology. I've got it here on the table. You can come take a look at it. It's all marked up. In this book, you can see his hatred for the Bible kind of ooze off every page. He kept calling it ancient doctrines. He said, oh, you have a scriptural authority. He was mocking them, okay? He called it a religious prejudice. He used every opportunity he could find to mock the scriptures. Charles said his goal was to free the science from Moses. What do you suppose he meant by that? Well, before Charles Lyell wrote his book, everybody looked at the geology, looked at Grand Canyon and said, wow, look at the flood did. He didn't like people interpreting Earth's history in light of the Bible, 
he wanted him to interpret Earth's history in terms of millions of years. I would like to point out, Matt, that uh, yeah. Noah was uh, in the story about the flood, not Moses. So, <laughs> uh, what do Noah. you think? Well, is there two? Is there two going on here? Is this um, is this an ad hominem? I suppose it's an ad hominem. But, He's trying to say, you know, but it, it's more specifically. It's more specifically the uh, ah. Oh, it's so obvious. I, <laughs> he's just, he's just, uh, God damn it. Which one is it? I'm trying to just, you know, the peel, no. So yeah, you got the ad hominem because he's, he's attacking, he's attacking, he's attacking the guy. But notice he never marches out the arguments himself. He right. He talks about uh, the source of the arguments. The guy who is evil, he hates the Bible, the only reason he does this is because he wants to free science from Moses. It's a genetic fallacy. Nah, no, that's it. Damn. It's the source of the argument. The so start, yeah. um, it's kind of, I suppose, ad hominem and genetic fallacy uh, can be similar because generally you're attacking the, the source of the origin, right? right? Because they're an <laughs> asshole. Um, but yeah, yeah, so at home. Yeah, he's going after his reasoning. He hates he hates Christianity or whatever the fuck he said. All right. I have uh, saved the longest clip for last. Oh, I might have to take notes on this one. <laughs> it's a, over a minute 30. Um, I'm just going to play this for you because it, it commits a fallacy that at the time I didn't even know there was a name for. So I, I learned by listening to this a new fallacy. Okay. You're carving up two sets, things that, that uh, begin to exist, which includes, uh, according to the argument, the universe and everything inside of it, and things that do not begin to exist, which includes what? God. Uh, anything that is self-existent. So, for Essentially instance, God. What else? God would be one thing. Numbers. Many philosophers believe that numbers are self-existent. Plato. Um, but numbers are abstract concepts. Outside of a mind, you, you don't have any numbers. All you have are items. No, actually, all you have to do is do an uh, uh, any conceivable world thought experiment, which, you know, in which case, can you think of a conceivable world in which numbers do not exist? Yeah, and I would argue that with no humans, no humans, humans are uh, responsible so, for the concept of numbers. It doesn't right, so exist outside of human beings. All right, so let's 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 imagine a world then that has um, a solar system in it. Uh, with nine planets, and there are no humans there. So there yep. are no humans in this world. Correct. Are you telling me that in this world there are no numbers? Absolutely. I mean, in that in that scenario, you have uh, a number of planets. You've got planets, right? But no one to say that there are nine planets. You just have planets rotating around each other. You would have to have a human driving by and counting them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Aha, nine planets. Could we assume that even in this universe where no humans exist, if God existed, he would still be able to count nine planets? <laughs> gotcha. I had, to, I had to extend it a little bit to, to include Kirk Hastings in there. Uh, my God. So, oh, he so owned you at the end. Oh, uh, Kirk Hastings. Kirk ha he even sounds like an idiot. I'm about to commit an ad hominem. He sounds like an idiot. Oh, I know what this is. It's a fancy one. Do you want to you go ahead and explain it, or do you want me to say it? You can explain it. Yeah, I had no, like I said, I had no idea that this fallacy existed at the time. Um, but it's the fallacy of reification. Reification. Uh, this uh, happens when you consider an abstract term to be referring to something concrete. Christians do this. This is the, the central fallacy of Christianity, right? C.S. Lewis marches it out in uh, his book. He uh, says, you know, there's this longing that, that we have for something that's greater than ourselves. So therefore, something greater than ourselves must exist, and that's God, right? It's like saying, I, I succumb to nostalgia. So there must be an object called nostalgia that I fell victim to. You know, it's, it's abstract. Uh, it's not concrete. You cannot treat abstract concepts as concrete items. That, I remember that. I remember that episode. That was, 
how long did that go on trying to trying to explain <laughs> why numbers are an abstract term? I don't know. I, I, I have not listened to that for a couple of years. I had to actually fast forward to that part. <laughs> I got like the minute or so that we were talking about it. And that was awesome. I couldn't take it anymore. Oh, my God. So there you go. The fallacy of reification. But the there's nine planets. Christian <laughs> fallacy. <laughs> so would it be fair to say if God exists that he could count the planets? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, Kirk Hastings, I hope sure. you live forever. <laughs> oh, God. Kirk commits a begging the question in the last <laughs> five seconds of that. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, Lord. All right. Um, I guess we should wrap it up. That's it. We're going to hit, um, well, we have a couple things. We've got that uh, Carrie interview. We could do that. That's right. That's an interview coming up, people. Everybody's all excited for that, I bet. Matt, Yay, interviews. Uh, an interview with uh, Carrie Jackson, who is a, a DJ for uh, X96, a very popular radio station here in Salt Lake City, and also an atheist. Radio from Hell is the show, 6 to 10, Monday to Friday, X96, KXRK, Provo. That's all he asks also, of you. <laughs> also happens to be uh, a geek. So um, the the podcast actually the interview more is about geek stuff really than it is about atheist stuff. So it's a different type of yeah. interview than we've had here on your religiosophy. But uh, I'll get it uh, out uh, hopefully in the next week or so, and then we're going to move on to Luke, right? Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Yeah, Luke, Luke is next. <laughs> is next. We will, we will fuck Luke over next. All right. Ah, uh, yeah, right in the See cunt. Here I am.